Welcome to the episode 138 of The Space in Between. It's Phoebe Leona here, and it's you and me today, my friends. So we're going to get deep into confidence. And I was going to name it, but I think I'm going to hold off and just see what flows. But we're going to sit in the space of confidence. And this is a thread that I'm kind of taking away from our conversation with Monique, who was on last week, who taught us all about embracing your cake. And C stands for confidence. And that was really where a lot of our conversation circled around was her story and her relationship to confidence and building confidence and empowering other women to embrace their confidence and their cake. Um, So we're going to share a little bit about that. I'm going to take you through a story that is in Dear Radiant One, um, share a little bit of a different perspective um, with confidence based on that and the conversation we had with Monique, and we'll see where it goes. So before we do get there, a a few things happening in Nomadland that I would love for you to be a part of is, well, first of all, if you're in the Hudson Valley, New York area, I would love to see you in person, my friends. I have three really special in-person events happening this month. So for the summer solstice, because Nomad and summer solstice are one and the same, they love each other so much. So we're going to do a an annual summer solstice event with Vinny, who is a beautiful sound healer and in the flower garden of Stonegate Farm in Newburgh, New York. So I will be leading my Groundwork Movement 109 practice into his beautiful, soothing, restorative sound healing. That's on the summer solstice. And we have two other events that are happening that I'm really excited about. And I'm going to invite you, if you're a little adventurous, if you're a little curious, you want to move your body, you want to go into a bit of storytelling, come and experiment with me. These are definitely going to be experiential experiences, <laughs> events. Uh, the first one being at Ascend in Cold Spring, Ascend Collective in Cold Spring, where I will be sharing my Dear Radiant One readings at the beginning and the end of the sessions of the event. And then in between, I am inviting us into a Movement 109 ceremony. So that the story kind of hums underneath it all. There'll be a seed planted for you to dive a little bit deeper into your own body, into your own story, and release if you need to release it, to embrace it, to expand it, whatever it is that needs to be born within you, we'll be inviting you into that. So that's a descend on June 23rd. And then I'm going to take it even a little bit further off the map (laughs) with um, at Julie Ewald's beautiful new studio, Identity Yoga in New Paltz. And my dear friend Gisela is probably going to be there. And we're going to co-create with some Dear Radiant One readings and poetry and movement. And it's just going to all be like ah, a dance together. So we're going to see what that looks like. But I think that it's going to be an invitation into our story. So there's a little bit of my story, there's a little bit of your story, and then we're going to move all collectively together through our story. 
I'm so excited to see how that unfolds. So that's happening June 25th. And you can find out about all of these events over at thenomadcollective.org and my website, phoebeleona.com. And um, if you're not in the Hudson Valley in New York, that's okay. I'm planting the seed for anybody who's out there who has a space, an art gallery, a yoga studio, a dance studio. If you're an artist, if you're a healer, if you're a poet, if you're a facilitator of holding any sort of space and you want to hold space for Dear Radiant One experience or want to co-create with me because we've been doing some really co-creative experiences with artists and poets, I invite you to reach out to me and let's see what we can do, particularly my friends on the East Coast. So I will be in Asheville, in Roanoke, um, Virginia. I will be in the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area and New York, and I can come to Philly. So anywhere kind of between New York, Connecticut, down to North Carolina, I will come to you, my friends, and bring Dear Radiant One experiences to your you, your space and your community. I'd love to share that with you. And if you're not in the East, East Coast and you want to have this experience, come join me in Costa Rica in November, November 12th through the 19th. We will be doing Embodied Radiance Retreat, and that is where we will be doing these types of practices with movement, some of the, the book work, um, a little bit of yoga, a little bit of zip lining, a little bit of horseback riding, going to the beach, eating tropical fruits. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to be a beautiful reset for your nervous system. And I'm so excited to be offering that. And if you're not able to, or if you want to, in addition to, because if you sign up for Embodied Radiance, you also get that retreat. You also get the self-paced program, which is seven modules. And I am kind of been resistant of this word program or course because I think of it as more of a, a toolbox a toolbox for your own nervous system regulation, a toolbox for your own emotional recovery or regulation. So we dive in each module into a shadow emotion and then embrace and invoke more of a lighter emotion. And it's not to get away from the shadow. It's actually, how can we make friends with fear? How can we make friends with anger and use it to inspire, get us our fire going and create something new in this world? How can we look at shame and guilt and say, okay, my friend, let's transform this into confidence. So there are many different practices in each module where you get meditations and videos of my movement practice. You also get journal prompts and little bite-sized podcasts with practices that will take you a little bit deeper from what's inside the book. And it's this multidimensional healing experience. So I would love for you to be there. You can do it self-paced. You can join me monthly in group sessions, or you can also work with me privately. So there's so much happening in our beautiful nomad land. So you can find out more again at thenomadcollective.org and also my website, phoebeleona.com. So those are just a few things. There's also other things like the Nomad Collective membership. Oh my gosh, just go over to the website, go find out. And now let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about confidence. Confidence. Well, how confident are you? Like, 
are you generally a confident person? Like, do you walk in a room and you're like, yeah, I own this room. I got this. Are there maybe aspects of your life where you feel like, yes, I'm in, I'm in a groove. People see me, they feel me, they understand me. I'm clear with my words, right? Because clarity definitely, we talked about that with Monique, clarity equals confidence. When we're clear in our vision, we're clear with our words, we're clear in our communication, there's confidence. There's a sense of groundedness, there's confidence. Or do you feel like you're just not getting it in any aspect of your life? And that's okay. We're just going to sit with that. Like, how confident are you? So I really loved hearing Monique's story because when I first met her just at this this, uh, women's conference um, back in April, it was a fearless one woman conference and we were both speaking. And I mean, I saw her kind of off to the side with her daughter at a table and I, and I, I could feel her presence. Like I could feel her presence, but I didn't really... I didn't really get invested in who she was at that moment until she stepped on stage and I was like, she is just, as she said, I'm a boss. (laughs) And she had us all like put our hands on our, like fists on our, our hips and we all had to stand up and say, I am a boss. And she had us stand in our own power. And she just exuded this confidence. And... And we talked a little bit more after that, and she's just just so loving, so sweet, but just had this like sense of she knew who she was. She had this meant to be-ness about her. And I had no idea until she came on the podcast, and I mean a little bit, I read some of her book, but I had no idea about this whole story that she she had to go through in order to claim that confidence as you know, as a as a woman. And I just, I would love to seeing that because I love how, and this, this comes up a lot in the conversations on the podcast of how your dharma or how your karma, your karma is being the obstacles given, the stories, the, the lessons that are given to you and how you can transform it into your dharma, your purpose. And I'm going to have a whole podcast about that. Um, in an episode or two, but, but I love how she had these obstacles where her, they weren't like, they weren't major trauma. Like it wasn't, she didn't have parents that are abusive to her who told her, Hey, you know, you're no good. Like she had these little kind of micro traumas that you might not even notice. So what she was saying is that she had a mother and a grandmother who was aware of her size and she I don't know how big she was when she was younger but I I felt like she carried her body in a really beautiful way when I met her Um, but she was talking about how she was insecure about her size when she was younger and how her mother and her grandmother were telling her to wear certain clothes to cover up her body and so she got this unconscious message of I've got to cover myself up I've got to play small I've got to not speak up when you know even when I feel that I'm supposed to be speaking up, I, 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 it just shouldn't be seen and heard. And so it wasn't anything like really super negative that her family was speaking to her. They were just these little comments that were coming from a place of love and protection. But she carried this weight of playing small, not speaking up, not being seen, 
and she somehow overcame that. And you can go back and listen to the, the podcast to listen to the whole story. I don't want to go into it. It's her story to share. So go back and listen to the episode. But, but you know, to, to know where, that sh where she came from and she had that little story, the story she was telling herself. And then to see her, I mean, if you watch the, the video of us, she's this just beautiful, beautiful woman. Her hair's done, her makeup's done perfectly. She's got this big, like, bling jewelry, and she, she's just, like, done everything, all of the details. She has all of her details together, where I'm, like, very natural. Like, sometimes I brush my hair. I barely put makeup on. Like, she's, like, she just owns it. She owns this bigness of her. And I love, and I love that about her. And I love that that wasn't always her story. She had to, she had to figure out how to own it. So I was sitting with her story, kind of sitting with my own story and of the story I share in, um, in my book, Dear Radiant One, because I, I write letters to the emotions and I write a letter to confidence and strength. And this is one of the lighter emotions that, that I talk about in the book. And I was thinking about, you know, my confidence. I, I, had a, I was similar to Monique in that I didn't have parents that, I was really fortunate that I had parents that were very encouraging, but they were actually even more so than what Monique was saying. Like my dad would always be like, you can do whatever you want to do. And he would, I mean, there's a funny little scene that I, I share in the book about him when I'm dancing. And my mom was always very, you know, very encouraging. I, all of my family members were super encouraging um, to the most part. My dad's side of the family, not so much. But but the people that really mattered to me and I, and I trusted them, they were always very positive, very encouraging. And so I think that I, I exuded a lot of confidence as a child. And so it wasn't really... It wasn't really a hurdle for me until, until something happened in, it would have been high school. Yeah. So the story, a little story that I share in the book that I'm going to talk a little bit more with you all today was I was a dancer, always a dancer. I, and I came from, I was very lower middle, middle class, but I was surrounded by very affluent community, like upper middle class. And so this dance studio that I was dancing in also had a dance company. So it was in this, it was a junior dance company where we would dance at like events, you know, community events. We would go to like nursing homes and dance for the old people. We would go to hospitals. Like we would go and do a lot of community service dance performances. Um, and, and at that time I couldn't pay for my classes. My family couldn't afford classes. So I had to clean the bathrooms and check in the students in order to pay for my classes. And then I also, because it was a junior company, it wasn't a professional company at that point um, that I was in. So we had to pay for our costumes and everything like that. But again, I was, my family was struggling. And I was noticing that, yeah, I, I was fitting in. Like I knew how to dance. I was confident in my skill. But there was this like, there was this obvious separateness because I didn't, like all the other kids didn't have this issue of, of money. And, and it, and I, I, I carried that a little bit. That was my insecurity. Um, but I also saw that I was being treated differently because of that, because I wasn't making a profit, like a money profit 
like the other ones were, right? They're all their moms are paying for multiple classes a week. And I, here I was scrubbing the bathroom floors and, and toilets um, just to get like my minimum classes a week um, to get in there, to be in the part of this company. So, so I'm not going to go into the whole story because you can read it in the book, but at some point I sort of got nudged out of this company and I, I just, I never really felt like I belonged. And I was always this girl though, that could fit in anywhere. Like I would float around in different, in different groups. Like I was that one that didn't really have my click. I was always in all of these little clicks. Like I could flutter into the theater group. I could flutter into, you know, my palms dancer group. I could flutter into like, I don't know other groups that I was in, like the popular groups. And I could float, flutter into like whatever else, I don't remember what we did back then in middle school and high school, but you know, all the little groups that I was in, I just fluttered around. And, I, and even like groups that like, I didn't play sports, but I was friends with a lot of like female jocks, right? And like a lot of my friends played a lot of sports and I, I didn't play sports, but I, I loved my dear friends and I hung out with them. So it was like, I was always kind of just fitting in and fluttering in, but I didn't really feel like I belong anywhere. Um, so when I went to my second high school, or my third, it was actually my third high school, my third high school, I was somewhat like Monique, like I was just kind of done. I was going through a lot personally in my family life, and it was my third high school. I just, it was my, my junior year, I was sort of like, I'm only going to be here for two more years. I don't need to invest my time and my energy in these people. I'll go to my dance studio because I had a new dance studio that I was starting to take classes at. And I was like, I don't know. But there was an invitation to Dreamgirls, the musical. Now, Dreamgirls, the musical, if you don't know, is primarily a black show. And I am a very white girl. And I was like, really, Phoebe, are you going to go? You're not going to get cast in that. And I decided, why not? You know, let's do this. So I did. And I went because I was thinking, let, let me make an attempt to try to, like, make some friends here in my last two years of high school. So I go to this audition, and I am pretty much the only white girl there. I'm in the back. And we get about two counts of eight, and the choreographer, Sean Cosby, she stops everything, and she points at me, and she says, girl, come up here. Like, where are, where did you come from? I think that was the first question she said. Where did you come from? Because she knew everybody already. You know, she had worked with everybody before, and she's like, where did you come from? Um, and I was like, oh, no, like, this is not going to be good. And there was this whole story I was telling myself. Here I am, a rather confident person, but I had been just kind of burned from not fitting into my last dance company. So I was like, okay, all right, she's going to make fun of me. Like, here I am, the only white girl. And she's like, come up here and do two counts of eight and show everybody how it's done. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to dance in front of everybody and they're just all going to laugh at me. And I was so nervous. She put the music on. I did my two counts of eight. And I remember a couple of people, they were like, Phoebe, 
you know, like Phoebe, that girl that was really quiet in the back of, you know, science class, this girl can dance? What the hell? <laughs> and, and right there in that moment, I felt like I belonged. I belonged. I was like, I, like, I don't know if, you, if you've ever been part of a show, like a musical theater or any sort of, you know, project where community is coming together for time and space. And it just feels like family. And that's how it felt for me. And it was, and it stuck with me because it was such a hard time in my life that I was able to lean into this community of people that, yeah, they didn't look like me at all. I was the only white girl, you know, I was cast in a black show and I had a special role as a dancer for step into the black, that, um, step into the bad side. I had my hat and, um, I, I just remember feeling like, uh, I feel so at peace here and, and I feel like I belong and having that contrast of just having to be cut, shut out of this other dance company where, yeah, I looked like I belong there, but I never fit in. Like, I, I just, I felt like people were sort of categorizing me in some way. And I know sitting here now that the, that was all my own story. And I'm also going to do a little podcast about how community is your mirror, right? They're always showing you what's inside of you. Um, but I'm so grateful for that experience. I'm so grateful that I grew up in Washington, the Washington DC area where it was very diverse in terms of race, in terms of culture, in terms of ethnicity, in terms of, um, just being really all around accepting in terms of like socio, socioeconomic status, right? So here I was lower middle-class, I was surrounded by a lot of upper middle class, but I was also surrounded by a lot of lower, lower class. Um, so there, there was just like this beautiful mix, this melting pot, which I thought the whole world was like. Um, but I think that instilled in me confidence to confidence in myself, but also confidence to lean into quote unquote other quote, lean into and be curious about somebody who doesn't look like me, who doesn't sound like me, who, who might be st not looking like me, sounding like me, you know, might not have the same likes and dislikes, but there's still this universal story that we're sharing. As long as, as, as long as we're curious and we lean in and we ask questions we get to learn, oh, I see you and me, right? It, you don't have to physically be in a, and, and the reason why I'm saying this is because something that's been irking me for a while in my world of, of healing and, and wellness and, and kind of quote, I don't really label myself as a coach, but I tend to be in those circles of coaches is that I constantly get, you need to have your niche. Like who's your ideal client? And my answer always is people, people who have bodies, and who want, who have the awareness that they want to make this experience of being in a human body, this human experience, somewhat enjoyable. <laughs> Those are the people I want to work with. I don't care if you're white, you're black, you're, you're gay, you're transgender, you're, um, you know, from the other planets. I don't care. If you have, if you have a body and you want to embrace it and learn how to be in it and, and you know, stop this suffering, 
individual and collective suffering and you want to figure out how to show up in the world, I want to work with you. I want to guide you. I want to co-create with you. I want to learn from you. That's the other thing too, is that I'm learning just as much as I'm teaching in these situations. And I think that that's uh, where we're kind of getting it all wrong in this coaching world is, you know, putting things in a box. I, I see the relevance of it for some people, but for what I'm doing, working with people's bodies, I'm not going to tell you I'm working with just women. I'm not telling you I'm working with just dancers. I'm not telling you I'm working with just da-da-da-da-da. Because if you look at the Nomad Collective, we have such a diverse group. I mean, we have spirit, you know, people who are very much on the spiritual path. They're on the healing journey. They have lots of different modalities that they're working with, body talk, um, Akashic Records, you know, all of these different modalities. But then I also have this beautiful community within our group who are veterans, who are spiritual beings, but they're more like, they just have a whole different perspective, right? As somebody who's like deep diving deep into, you know, what we kind of call, and I don't like that word, woo-woo, but like, who are like, you know, it, like, yeah, they might not, they might sit and like, oh, yeah. Like, I've actually heard people call things woo-woo. I'm like, no, just sit and ask some questions and realize, oh, no, I really like that, too. I love oracle cards. Or, oh, my gosh, like, I see how you were called to service as being a veteran. That was something that I, I had to get over for myself was, you know, I had this idea of being in the service, you know, being in the military. My dad was in the military, but he was basically felt like he needed to before he was drafted. Um, and the stories he told me was all about killing, right? Killing to survive. But when I started to work with veterans, there was so much like service. They were so much about service and how, and I thought, I realized, oh, people don't just go into the military to kill and to protect our country. They're actually going in service to the well-being of all beings. I mean, everybody has their own story, but the people that I'm working with in the veteran community and the military community. And then I also have dancers and artists of all kinds that I love to work with. And, and that's also in the Nomad Collective. We have people who are, you know, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, who, you know, might not have necessarily any of those categories, but they're, they're, they're using their business to help be of service to the world in the wellness industry of some kind. And then we have just so many different cultures and ethnicities and races. And I just, I look like, I love my little nomad collective because we're such a melting pot. And it's exactly what I feel builds confidence within me is that I can be with whoever is sitting in front of me and see you're not the other, you are me and I am you. And I think that that's a wall that tends to go up in terms of this idea of confidence is sometimes we see somebody and we start to compare ourselves. We start to compare ourselves to other or we compare ourselves to the person that looks like us and is sort of in the same category and we compare ourselves like, am I just as good as her? Am I doing better? Am I not doing as good? Da, 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 da. Like we start to compare ourselves in all different ways. And we start to look at these expectations of ourselves or expectations of other. 
And that's where I think, oh, that's where this divide, this polarity, there's so many reasons that contribute to polarity, but I think that's one of them is that we, we end up labeling ourselves as red state, blue state, anti this, pro that, da, 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 da. And if we can start to just listen and say, all right, um, you might not necessarily believe in the things that I believe, but I have a feeling that you have a story inside of you that I can relate to that brought you to your belief. Because if you're so strong in this belief, there has to be something behind it. You're so confident in how you're speaking to it. You're so clear in it. And I'm so clear on the other side there has to be some kind of common ground. There was some sort of, you know, trauma, micro trauma, big trauma, whatever. There's some sort of story that we started to tell ourselves that created this divide. And if we start to lean into each other and see that we're all having this human experience together and we can all see how connected we are. We can all see those stories, right? Like, I could have just seen Monique and be like, she is a confident, beautiful woman. I wish I were her. I could have started telling myself a story like, gosh, she was just probably born beautiful and she was probably always that confident and I'm never going to have that, you know, I'm just, you know, this little hippie kind of looking girl and even though I sort of want to own that kind of big, beautiful, you know, Beyonce kind of vibe. Um, I'm just this little white girl, right? Like there, that's a story that I could have said and it could have created this division. But I said, you know what? I want to learn about her. I want to learn about her story. I now see my story inside of her story and she can see my story inside of mine. And these are the conversations that I invite us into in the space in between is, and that's why I love having so many different types of people come in on our podcast too all different types of stories because the more we can hear these stories and we can start to connect to them and go, Ooh, I didn't realize somebody like that would, would feel the same thing that I feel. Right. And that builds confidence in ourselves too, right? It, it can, it, it creates more connection with, with quote unquote other, but it also builds our own confidence. It's like, Oh, well, if that person went through that and they look fabulous, or like she said, Monique said, she embraced her flob, 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 I can't say it, flobulousness, flaw, fabulousness with flaw, flobulousness. Ooh, yeah, that's hard to say. But yeah, like, oh, if she can embrace her flobulousness. I don't even see her flaws, but if she can embrace it, I certainly can, right? So we start to soften. It's like a soft, I think I've, I did a podcast on soft power, like it's, it's this soft power. It's like, ah, oh, I see you, you see me. And in that softening of seeing each other, there's like the strong power of like, yes, I see you and I see me and I can own it. Right? Like she, like Monique gave me permission to continue to own my, whatever I own. I don't know how to, you would categorize me, but like whatever I am, I'm owning it. So I think that's all I'm going to say for today. So to kind of bring it full circle, 
how do you see yourself as confident? Do you see yourself like overall a confident being? Do you see yourself as like aspects of your life where you're confident? Do you see that you're just not kind of killing it anywhere? Whatever it is, sit with that and then see, is there someone that I could lean into and use as a mirror and learn their story and see in their story my story? And in that softening, in that learning and leaning into somebody else's story, how does that build a stronger core within me so I can show up in the world and own whoever I am? So I would love to continue this conversation. If you want to send me a message, if this resonated with you, please do. If you want to share it, if it resonates with you and you want to share it with a friend you think would would love it, share it, review it, send us some stars. We would love to hear from you. And if you want to become a supporter of this podcast, you can donate just $11 a month to keep this ad free so the conversation flows. We do some little editing to make it, you know, the sound quality good. We make sure everything is running smoothly for you for just $11 a month. And you, and with that $11 a month, you not only get these ad-free podcast episodes, but you also get invited to some free events that are happening at our Nomad Collective. And you can find out more too about our Nomad Collective membership because we have lots of other beautiful offerings in our container at the Nomad Collective. So it's been a joy to be with you. Again, whoever you are, if you have a body, if you want to embrace it and you want to learn how to make this human experience more enjoyable, I'm here for you, my friends. Have a beautiful day.